Welcome to the Discover You Podcast with your host, James Hooper, spiritual and personal discovery author, speaker, teacher, and coach. James helps you find who you were created to be and guides you to the most fulfilling life you can experience. On this podcast, we'll guide you through discovering what energizes and motivates you, why you think the way you think, act the way you act, and react the way you react. We'll learn together how to grow through spiritual truths to become the best version of yourself possible. If you haven't yet, please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Also, you can go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us so they can begin their own growth journey. Hey guys, welcome to episode 8 of Discover You. I hope you're having a good week so far. So far we've covered five of the motivational gifts. We've got two more left to go. This episode is on leading, the motivational gift of leading. And so the Greek word for leading that is translated into English leading is proistaminos, proistaminos, P-R-O-I-S-T, a-M-E-N-O-S. I know you're all taking time to write that down now, but just humor me. So it means to be put in front of or to place as the head of. To take a position of standing over one. Now see, scholars note that proistaminos is a the passive participle. Indulge me just for a moment. And it may have been specifically selected to denote either a collective leadership model or one in which people have asked someone to take the position of leader. In other words, they didn't put themselves in as leader. They sometimes didn't seek the position of leader, but the group collectively has placed them in leadership. This may not be an actual where they voted or anything like that, but just in the minds of the group that this person with the motivational gift of leading is in, people just tend to kind of put them in front. Uh, This will manifest in people just uh, coming to them asking advice and coming to them and seeing what they should do. You may not even be their supervisor, but this is just one of the things that happens. This just happens when you've got the motivational gift of a leader. This gift has an innate ability to set goals in accordance with a specific purpose for the future and to communicate these goals to others in a way that they harmoniously work together. So they, the leaders are good at setting goals, seeing what needs to be done, that sort of thing. And you'll see, we'll talk about it later, why they can see what needs to be done and that sort of thing. The category that this gift falls into is speaking. It is the in the speaking category. So what makes the gift of leading unique is the ability to see the big picture. See, the leader looks ahead for possibilities and dangers. And they also have the ability to guide people and communicate to them regarding how to develop the big picture. And that gives the leader an assertive, take charge attitude. So, naturally, leaders can appear bossy to other people who don't understand the gift. Again, I'll let you know, leading is my number three 
gift. And so this comes into play so many times for me. I'll give you an example. Um, I used it in the book and, and that sort of thing. Say I go to an event. Um, for an instance, I went to a birthday party. It was a relative's birthday party. I wasn't in charge of anything. In fact, we drove three hours to get to the party, so we were you know, just getting there with the card and, and the gift and that sort of thing. But I noticed that the uh, person that was in charge of the party was getting sidetracked talking to people as they came in, guests as they came in, and she would get sidetracked. And so then people kept coming in and they had gifts in their hands, that sort of thing, and they came in looking bewildered. You know, what do I do? Where do I need to go? And so I just took charge. So I went and I started, as people came in, I said, okay, hey, the gift table is over here. You can put your gifts and cards over there. And then we, when we get ready to eat, we'll let you know when we're going to eat. We'll have that ready in a moment. Now remember, I was not involved in any of this. I never set anything up. This is just how I roll. I said, so we'll start on this end. And when you go through the line there, your drinks are over there. Tables set out and whatever you you know wherever you want to go, just kind of giving some direction. See, whenever there's a lack of leadership in a place, and my sister is a lot like me in this way, like we're very similar in this. We go to a place where there is no leadership provided. We will find ourselves taking over, just providing leadership. Not that we're running the show, but we just start giving direction. We start, uh, we'll just start taking and doing things, just because we see that there's a, a, a void of leadership. So that can appear to be being bossy or, or you know, taking over, that sort of thing. That's the gift of leading. And you know, we've got, it's just something that's, that people with the gift of leading does. You know, a leader also has an ability to bring order by setting up structures, systems, and methods for others to follow. I'm a, I'm a systems guy, I'm a structure guy. I've got to have everything structured. I'll tell you this, when we started the church here in Austin, uh, we moved here in March of 2015, March the 23rd, when we closed on our house, we moved here then. And uh, so then went into April and we were remodeling the auditorium and we got into the middle of April and the district bishop said, oh, by the way, you have to start having service the first Sunday in May or our insurance will cancel for not occupying the building. Well, we were in the middle of trying to renovate the auditorium and the foyer, the lobby and that sort of thing. And we had no time to try to build a congregation because there was nobody there. The church had been closed for a year. Everybody that ever went to church there was no longer there. They were already in other churches. Um, the last church that was there went real sideways, and so the only people that were there were almost, you know, kind of a cult kind of thing, so that's why they closed the church down. So that's how the situation was. But when we started having church on that first Sunday of May, I had every system in place. I had church management software I had online giving solutions. I had a website up and fully designed. 
I had all these things set in place, and we had nobody even coming. That's how much of a systems guy I am. I just, I got a little ahead, and so I had to kind of cut some of those things back because we couldn't afford to keep paying for them. But, you know, it's just how I, how I am. So we, we, we'll have, we'll set up structures, we put things together, and that sort of thing. The behaviors of a leader are similar to the behaviors of the other motivational gifts. The diff difference in the motivation of the leader, which is to move everyone toward a common goal. So this is what we're talking about. See, the, the leader, like the perceiver, the leader will give admonition and warning about upcoming situations. Like the teacher, a leader will provide sound counsel and instructive reasoning to convince the people of the common goal. Like the encourager, a leader will motivate and inspire others to achieve and succeed. Like a server and giver, a leader is very task-driven and independent. See, the leader can actually relate to every other gift. They have them, each gift in them so much so that they can actually relate to the others and so they can provide what each person needs, the gift that's in each person. So that's where the leader is kind of you know, out front because they can actually relate to everybody and present things in a way that each of them can understand and present the goals in terms that they can buy into and they can catch the vision. So the leader uh, is associated as, as like the head of the body. It's the one that, that's always giving the direction. It's the one that is guiding. It's the one that's keeping things going. They're, they're the head. Now, they have a bird's eye view uh, or a bird's eye vision. Leaders can, can, can see the big picture and leaders can, can, can be running an organization or a ministry or something like that. And they can, can see when things, because, of the, because they see the effects of everything that's gonna happen and what people do, they will see probably beforehand, they'll see where things are gonna go awry, where things are gonna go off course and they'll start setting correction. And they have to guard against being, uh, you know, the old term micromanagers. They have to guard against hovering over people because they want to, because the leader can do all the other, the leader can do all the other things, but a leader has to decide what they do best and let the other people do the other things. So they have the bird's eye vision, they see the whole picture and they coordinate efforts of others for the completion of the common goal. Now they will point out mismanagement of time and effort in reaching the goals. Uh, that's something that I just really have a real hard time with when people mismanage time. They don't uh, plan accordingly. They don't give enough time for certain things or they keep adding more things to what they're doing instead of focusing on the task at hand. They can't prioritize tasks. Where things, where things need to be prioritized above another. You know, you've got certain time to get one thing accomplished and you think you can fit the other thing in. It just really, one of the things, you, I'm, I'm just rubbing my head thinking it just drives me crazy. So it's just one of the things I have to deal with. But where somebody will say, well, it only takes you know a little time to do this. 
Well, it only takes a little time to do that. Oh, it doesn't take long to do that. It doesn't take long to do that. But then I say, but think about it. Think of all the cumulative time that you're taking and then the time in between those tasks. So now you've taken up all the time that you're supposed to be doing this, doing all these other things. All these other things will still be there when you get back to it. So you need to focus on what has to be accomplished now. So that's just mismanagement of time. And, and, and to, to maintain relationships, I have to guard against doing it. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to guard against doing it. I just catch myself doing it automatically. But it's just, it's part of the leading gift. It's because I see a task, I see something that has to be done. You have to do it in a timely manner and that sort of thing. This is a confessional time, I guess. I uh, they give leadership, uh, administrate, and delegate responsibility to others in the completion of tasks. And they do expect accountability of those in delegated responsibilities. I want to know how you're doing. Now, I don't. I don't need to tell you how to do it. I need to, you know, if this is the way I've done it in the past when I've had to train people to do things. I say, okay, I'm going to show you, and I'm going to show you how I do it. Now, if there's a different way that yields the same result, I don't care. But I'm gonna show you how I do it as a point of reference, as a starting point, then you can adapt as you need to that fits your personality, that fits you. However, if you adapt too much and it doesn't get the task accomplished, then I'm gonna call you to task on it. I'm gonna say, okay, get back to the way I told you to do it, the way I showed you to do it, and then we can you know, I may work together with you on if something doesn't work for you, you know, a certain procedure and that sort of thing, uh, if there is any flexibility in that. So, but they do want those that they delegate to, to be accountable for what they do. You have to get the results. If not, we have to revisit and see where we have to make changes. It's not that we're, we're going to yank you off task or yank you out of the duties, but we need to look at how you're approaching it and maybe try to approach it a different manner. So they can see the big picture in a situation. They can delegate quickly. And if there's a vacuum of leadership, they will take over. So here's the pros and cons. Pros and cons of the motivational gift of leader. The person with the gift of leading is great at making an almost instant evaluation of a problem assign steps of action to solve the problem. They delegate people to handle the problems and are fully capable of making adjustments as they go. Let me riff on this a little bit. I have this ability when I go into, and again, I'm just telling you, I'm not bragging or anything like that, please. In fact, I'm telling you some of my downfalls, but just trying to give you some insight into a person that has this gift. So my wife and I will go into, say, a restaurant sit down and I'm automatically as soon as I walk in well even before I sit down as soon as I walk in I begin to kind of scan the whole operation I don't think about it it's just happens to me uh, it'll start at the hostess it'll start walking up to the building it'll start just whatever I'm always analyzing everything so I'm looking at processes so if I see something that I feel like could improve the situation could improve their performance, could improve their their abilities, make things easier for them, make it, you know, where they can service the customer better. 
I'll always tell my wife. And I mean, she gives me this look like, oh, that's good. That's good information. Like, I'm just here. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to eat. You're, tr you're trying to fix the restaurant. That's just what I do. I mean, people with the gift of leading, they, they assess a situation without even thinking about it. They're assessing situations. And they can make an instant evaluation. They can look at what needs to be done and figure out how to solve that problem and then create action steps all while trying to figure out what they're going to eat. So, you know, our mind works constantly. Our minds are going constantly. And then once we're on a path, on, we're on a direction, if we see that we have to make adjustments, we're good at making adjustments on the go. Adjustments don't throw us. Uh, I've got a, a talk that I do called The Power of the Pivot, talking about, you know, if you're going a certain direction and you, you see that that's not the direction you need to go, you, you need to learn to pivot. You know, maybe one aspect of it is right, but you need to change uh, the other elements of it. Just pivot, because if not, you're never going to find you know, where you're truly supposed to go. You're never going to accomplish the task you're supposed to do. You're never going to get uh, anything accomplished because, A, as a rule, when we're starting something new, when we're doing something new, we don't know everything we're going to encounter. We don't know. We can do as much research as possible. We can do as much uh, interviewing as possible, talking to different people that have tried these kind of things. But until we get into it and we ourselves are trying to accomplish it, we don't know what we're going to come against, come up against. And so as we're going, we have to have values in place, set four values in place and pivot as long as it doesn't violate those values. And so we know we've got to accomplish a task. We have a goal ahead of us. How you accomplish that goal is left up to you. So if you get going in one direction and you realize that's not going to work, I've got to do, do it differently, then just pivot. Just pivot because if you spend too much time bogged down on trying to fix something that's never going to work anyway, trying to make something work that's not going to work. Now, there is such thing as perseverance that you've got to stick with things. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. First, you know, appearance of adversity change direction that's not what I'm saying but once you come to the realization and you you realize and you know that that's not the direction you need to be going that's not going to get it accomplished then you need to pivot you need to change the direction and people with the gift of leading are really good at that change doesn't bother them because they still have their goal in mind they still have that goal ahead of them and so that's one of the things that they're good at now here's some of the downfalls the cons of having this gift. The leader can manipulate, control, or even dominate others subconsciously. They can they can manipulate because they've got a goal in mind. If they don't watch it, they'll become manipulative and controlling. And those of you that know me, just don't comment. In fact, I, I did another talk on, hello, I'm a control freak, you know. My name is James, and I'm a control freak. So uh, I always have to be in control of the situation. It's always one of those things. And, you know, I have to guard against dominating, domineering. As, as a young married couple, I had a tendency to do that. I would dominate my wife because she was just a very submissive, very easygoing. And I always had a goal, always had a task. I don't care what it was, we were, you know, 
we got to get this done. This is the way we're going. And I, I would have a tendency to kind of just run over her on the way. You know, it's like, just drag her. It's like you get this picture, picture of me going 90 miles an hour, and she's just holding on to me, flapping in the breeze behind me, you know. And I had to learn to, to not do that uh, because of the fact that I need her cooperating with me to accomplish it. You know, if, I, if I'm dominating people, if I'm controlling, manipulating people, I'm actually not going to get it accomplished as well as if I have them participating. So I have to guard against those. A lot of times leaders won't listen to your input or even let you finish your point. Because we've, we've thought through the scenarios. We, you know, we've gone through all, before you ever even think about it, we've gone through the scenarios in our mind. And we think we've thought about everything. So we will have a tendency to not even listen to your, your viewpoint or your ideas. Again, my wife is a saint. I mean, she needs to be have going have sainthood or whatever you call it done to her before for too long because she has lived with me for over 30 years. And I've had to just kind of learn. She just holds on while I learn. But We'll be talking about doing something, and of course, I'll have assessed the situation, I'll have thought about it, I'll planned, I will analyze, I will think about it, I will run scenarios in my mind, I will, you know, every possibility that I can think of, I've gone through all these things before I ever mentioned to her that I want to do something, and the very first thing she says is, well, you know, you ought to think about so-and-so. And it's just, it's like, what do you think I've been doing, you know? Just, and I have been known to lose my cool on her before because of that. Problem is, that's her gift. That's her gift. She just, she tries to bring, possible, you know, you know, look at things from what could go wrong. And so, we're, I've had to learn to deal with that, learn to live with that, learn to change my tactics, kind of bring her in earlier in the, Whole process so that she can can go along with me and a lot of times she she does bring up some things that I haven't thought about and early on I wouldn't still wouldn't pay attention to them because I didn't want to look like I wasn't smart I'm, I'm old now so it don't bother me you know I'm trying to learn as much as I can and it don't bother me I you know I've got to where now I don't find you know how young kids they don't ask questions they don't look foolish I said I don't care how I look I just want to know thing is, is most people admire you for asking questions rather than just going on not knowing what you're doing. So anyway, um, they think they already know what you're going to say. They tend to jump to conclusions and they can constantly change their minds and they're extremely impatient. I'm just going through the list. I'm not going to dwell on me anymore. Um, they're offended if you don't obey them and if you question their command. You'd better jump and ask how high on your way up. So if they say jump, you better have already jumped and ask how high on the way up. Don't ask questions, you just go. Again, these are downfalls. These are, um, this is not, everybody does this, but they, there could be a tendency to do that unchecked. And they can't stand turtles. Not the amphibian, but people that are slow as turtles. Another thing, they don't like is ineptitude. Ineptitude just really grates on the leader. 
person with motivation to be able to think. So they have to really guard themselves, really check themselves, learn to be patient with people, because not everybody thinks the way they think, not everybody sees things the way they see. And this is a whole why I do this teaching, because we all need to learn about each other so we can learn to be patient with one another when someone with one gift reacts one way and we react another way, we can flash instead of understanding each other and say, okay, that's because this is the way you see things and this is the way I see things. Let's get together and let's kind of compare notes and let's see how we can work together on this. And so I feel, I feel like, and I really honestly, honestly believe that this could save some relationships if you just understood each other. The fact that I've understood my wife, that she is, she is, uh, she also has a teaching gift. It's one of her strongest ones. But uh, mercy is a lot, is really high on hers, which we'll talk about that next week. And, and encouragement is her highest, one of her highest ones. And see, you know, we only have leading, uh, teaching in common on that. The teaching's her number three. No, it's her number one. Sorry, it's her number one. And so when we are approaching something, we come together and I've learned since I've really started doing the study on this, learned to kind of look at her from not that she's trying to challenge my abilities, she's not trying to challenge my mental capacities, but that she is actually coming from her viewpoint and her approach and how she sees things. And if we will put the two together, if we will kind of compare notes and we will we'll talk to each other and say, okay, what do you see about this? What do you see as the downfalls of this or the positives of this? What do you think as, you know, how do you approach this? And because that she's got the encourager thing in me, she's always trying to encourage me because she's got teaching like me, we can compare notes and that sort of thing. But then that mercy thing just throws me for a loop sometimes. That's where I have to learn my mercy. That's where I have to gain my mercy. I remember my dad's number one was mercy. So it's it was just, we were polar opposites. My dad was the greatest, to me, the greatest man that ever walked the face of the earth. He was, he was my, not only my biological father, he was my spiritual father. He, he taught me in the things of the spirit. And so uh, I admire him for that, but our personalities and things, we were just polar opposites. And so in the later years, we were able to work together. We started the church together and I was the worship pastor, administrative pastor, and he was the senior pastor. And because uh, he didn't want to take care of the business, he didn't want to leave worship. He just wanted to preach and take care of the people. And at that point, I wasn't preaching. So I said, sure, that's right. I'll lead worship and I'll take care of the business. We'll do great. So anyway, uh, let's talk about some of the jobs, uh, careers, and activities that they can someone with the gift of leading involved in. Of course, administrator. We have administrator. But more than administrator, they're going to be probably the CEO, COO, chief executive officer, chief operating officer. Uh, they're, they're good consultants because they can see, they can make these, they can look at things and analyze them quickly and make quick uh, estimations of what needs to happen. Contractors, coordinators, uh, department heads, you, know, you give them some 
autonomy, give them some latitude to, th to do some things with their department, then they're good department heads, good directors. Fire uh, chief is really you know, a good role for them. Head coach, a lawyer, they can work in logistics because logistics is all about trying to figure out how to get one things from point A to point B and how to get there most economical, economically and economically, whatever the sense of that is, and the most cost effective and that sort of thing. And if it needs, you know, however it needs to get there. So they're good managers, organizers, they're good organizers, planners, they're a good producer. Producer, and I'm looking, I'm talking specifically in the entertainment industry, whether movies and music. Because the producer is kind of like the, the guy that's coordinating the you know, the conductor, I should say. And so he's he's like the GC, he's like the uh, GC. He's the one that's coordinating everybody. He sees what needs to be done, he sees all the projects, sees all the things that need to happen, and so he can coordinate them and, and the produce, that's what the producer does. So, and they're usually good in sales, usually good in sales. So that's the leader, and um, I bet, like I say, those are. This is number six of the seven gifts, and next week we're going to finish up talking about mercy. And uh, just stay with me if you don't understand what that one is. I'm going to give you a full explanation of it. But I'm thankful that you have been with me, that you have listened all the way to this point, because it's just encouraging to know that. There are people out there that that will take what I have been given. This is I didn't make this up. I just put it together. I just learned it from all these different sources, and I compiled it together. Compiled the information. Some revelation on my own because through my own, you know, who I am and that sort of thing. But anyway, so don't forget to subscribe if you haven't. Uh, do us a favor and share it on your social media. Also, you can go onto your podcast app and rate and review, and that'll help us to get it shared. Uh, again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Discover You podcast with your host, James Hooper. This podcast exists to help you grow both spiritually and personally. If you enjoyed it and think others could benefit from the content provided, please go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us more easily. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining us for the Discover You podcast.